Street Fighter VI could be the first franchise entry to feature a playable Drunken Fist-style fighter, and we have the perfect character to fill the spot. Plus, Catalyst considers the curse of the odd-number Street Fighter entries on this week's episode of Talkin' Block. Alright, welcome back to another episode of Event Hub's Talk and Block. I am John Catalyst Green. With me as always is John Velasar after Guerrero. Alright, and today I want to talk about Drunken Fists. Uh, the, the, the martial art, the, the ancient Chinese art from uh, way back in the day. There's a lot of representation of drunken fighting style in ma- many modern fighting games and not so modern fighting games. But we haven't seen it in Street Fighter yet, and uh, and I think it's about time for that kind of a thing. And they're set up to do it. So uh, before we get too far into it, though, and before we share all of our best Drunken Fist stories, I would like it if uh, you guys could please, uh, if you're not subscribed, we would really love it and appreciate it if you could subscribe. If you could, uh, what do we say, Psycho Crush, the like button, give us, a, give us a comment or two for the algorithm. And uh, let us know if you have a favorite Drunken Fist fighting style character in fighting games. Um, and then also at the end of this, if you agree with some of the things that we say here or not. Uh, but yeah, and John, before we get too far in this, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm not drunk yet, but I'm hoping I will be drunk by the time we finish up here. <laughs> well, uh, sure, sure. And you don't actually need to be drunk to to do Drunken Fist, so uh, we're not promoting any of that kind of stuff necessarily. But yeah, there there is this... John, you um, don't have to be, but I prefer to be. So that's that's kind of the difference. <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. on the job. Let's, let's go for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there are a lot of, uh, like I say, this fighting style representation in fighting games. You've got uh, Brad Wong in Dead or Alive, Bo Raicho in Mortal Kombat, Lei Wulong in Tekken, Shun Di in Virtua Fighter, uh, Chin in King of Fighters. People argue that there's not representation in Super Smash Bros. And technically you're right, but I believe there is an old, unreleased Banjo-Kazooie game um, kind of more in the style or in the spirit of Conker's Bad Fur Day where uh, they had actually formed a band and found you know the, the success of Celebrity. Long story short, Kazooie starts to like Jin more than she likes maintaining the relationships with her you know closest friends and family. And uh, it's a game about getting the, uh, the band back together. So, you know, you could argue that Kazooie falls into that category as well. But in any case, uh, there has been a lot of it, and it's it's a really captivating, and I would say a, a, a very beautiful fight style that is super hype. It's mm-hmm. really cool when yeah. you see people uh, implement this because, well, one of the reasons I think it's so damn cool is because there's this like balance of of like. Well, it, it, because of balance, because you seem, you appear, it's like a rope-a-dope. You look so off balance, and yet it's actually a mastery of, of ability, and, and you just barely miss you know, people and then and, and just come around and as if you didn't even intend to and thwack them on the back of the head or whatever, or fall all the way down, but just to perfectly evade moves and such. And the people that do it really well, or even when it's implemented into characters, it looks really cool. And we'll have some footage of, uh, you know, Jackie Chan, unless we can't have that footage of Jackie Chan. I'm pretty sure we can. And uh, him doing it in, in, you know, movies and such. And man, I don't, maybe there are people that have done it better, but Jackie Chan is amazing oh, at this so kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. And he makes it look so beautiful. And so I see that and I go, you know, Street Fighter Six could really use this kind of a thing and they already have a character in the street fighter franchise that practices the drunken fist style 
and he is from Street Fighter One. He's never been playable except for if you if you uh, there's like a you can break Street Fighter One and play as the non-playable characters. But his name's Lee, and I want to talk about the potential for having Lee or you know a character like him. But I think you would just use him as a Street Fighter Six character um, and then represent this uh, really cool old ancient style. Um, Lee is uh, the uncle of Yun and Yang, so we know them really well. Uh, and that's they uh, they do the is it Baja Kwan style and, and Lee does that in Street Fighter One, but it says that he's also practicing Drunken Fist as well as getting his real estate license. And so <laughs> Street Fighter One is first in the timeline, right? So there's no way to there's no reason we couldn't say that he's been practicing and focusing on Drunken Fist style to wherever we get to in the timeline where Street Fighter Six ends up, and uh, that could be like the way that he fights. Um, do you do you have an opinion on this kind of style though like do you think it is particularly interesting do you think it's cool or is it kind of just silly and dumb how is it not awesome john is confidence in a bottle like there there's (laughs) there's no drawbacks to drinking when you're fighting you know it's not like you get wobbly or whatever and stuff like that just drink more you get more powerful you're good to go um actually with shundi um i actually played virtual fighter 2 quite a bit and uh he Mm -hmm. was one of the characters i played a good amount um he just had certain moves that like you would do and he would just pop open a sake and drink it and, and it was like and it was just great it, it felt really fun and really rewarding um there was no real drawbacks for shundi because you know it's virtual fighter the rounds end very quickly right but um just being able to get that that out it's almost like uh you know getting out like a power up or something like that like you know can you get a drink out and, and make it go and, and i think that's a really fun mechanic in fighting games and you know and it just it's it's a really interesting style that we haven't seen in street fighter proper so i, I love this idea if it's done well yeah, and, and like I say, I think it could really lend itself to the esports spectacle because of how cool it is when it's implemented correctly, right? It looks like such a beautiful dance of just near misses and, and precision, and it's all under the guise of lack of control, right? You'd expect someone that's drunken to, to have the least amount of precision, the least amount of control and balance, and so I think there's something really charming and, and captivating about that. Um, and yeah, so, and I mean it's a sponsorship opportunity too because you could give uh, you could give Lee like a Bud Light or something like that and be like, all right, Bud Light, Budweiser, you're sponsoring. Is that this one. yeah? So is that the theme we want of all the different types of alcohol <laughs> that Lee could appreciate? It's Bud Light, not even Bud Light Lime. Uh-huh. The classiest of fighting. <laughs> Lee's in a dark place. <laughs> Visiting Kazooie and Drippy Droppy Tavern or whatever it is. Uh, so, so um, yeah, I, I looked a little bit back onto the origins of the uh, the Drunken Fist fighting style. And what's kind of cool about it is that it has evolved, I, I dare say, alongside or or even within Kung Fu as a, as a broader fighting art um, in a matter-of-fact way and in seemingly in different places simultaneously to say it's like it's something that's almost naturally occurring. And to me, that sounds like, well, um, you know, you have all these people in, in China and such studying Kung Fu and, and practicing it, and they were also simultaneously, you know, drinking and, and exploring that. And uh, the two things sort of just married in this way a whole bunch of different times over the years by different people. It's just something that like I say, seemingly naturally occurred a couple of times. Um, and, and there's like this kind of art, this, this grace to it. Um, and so there are two major styles that emerged, the Buddhist and the Taoist version. Um, and even within those, there are a handful of different origin stories uh, or places that it might have come from. Um, but I wanted to share one about the, the, the Buddhist side because I thought it was pretty cool. Um, it is said that a famous martial artist named Li Quizan 
accidentally killed a person and sought refuge in Shaolin to avoid trial and to repent. All right. So despite his monastic vows, he continued drinking wine. This was not tolerable by the monks and they wanted to expel him from the temple. And while completely drunk, after consuming a huge amount of wine, he defied and beat the monks, some say more than 30 at once which is pretty badass. Um, the abbot, after seeing this, praised his skill, and then this drunken style of combat was adopted from him by the monks and refined over the generations. Um, that's just one of the Buddhist stories. And one of the Taoist ones, uh, the Taoist version focuses in on these eight drunken immortal figures that all have uh, different styles of, and, and, and it, I don't know that they're even necessarily directly associated with alcohol. It sounds like they're more associated with um, like like a preoccupation or or like maybe even a faint lack of being ready and then like I say that rope dope that kind of counter of oh you you assume that I'm not ready but actually I am and yeah. uh, twist it on you really quick and use your momentum against you and all that kind of thing and there are a handful one of them's name is Lee and uh, Lee of uh, these drunken immortals Lee is a cripple who walks with an iron cane feigns the weakness of having just one leg and then wins the fight with his one powerful leg uh, and so there is an element of this, uh, of like countering, you know, mm -hmm. of, of, uh, you come in and, and again, I just barely miss you and then hit you with something else all in one fell swoop. And almost like I didn't even think to do it. It just sort of naturally happened. And so when I think about how this kind of fight style might be, um, uh, implemented into an esports street fighter game, I got to wonder, there's a couple of ways they could go about it. There's it's actually fairly versatile. There are versions of it with weapons. There are versions of it without. There are versions of it that use like things that aren't weapons that are suddenly weapons like flutes and, and, and musical, uh, you know, instruments. Um, and so I got to wonder, uh, you, you brought up Shun D in Virtua Fighter 5. He had a level up, at least in, in his Virtua Fighter 5 version, he had a level up system that had to do with drinking, right? And so every time he would take a drink out of his, uh, out of his flask or whatever it was, um, he could do that, I think, in the midst of combos, which was interesting, yeah, or if you just yeah. gave him enough space similar to like a charge-up V skill in, in Street Fighter V. And when he did that, he would gain more damage and then access to, to more moves and, and better hitting moves. And that's interesting. So it could be treated as a level-up system. But you could also do it as like multiple stances. Maybe Lee goes back and forth between drunken style and and Baji Kwan and, and you know and, and maybe something in between the two, um, similar to like you know Gen or or, or Zeku. Um, or I thought another one might be it's straight up counters, right? And like that he would have a whole bunch of counter moves. So because um, I think that really lends itself to the style of fighting that. Uh, that drunken fist sort of just emerges as, but of those three, yeah. do you have one that you kind of gravitate towards, or you think one of is going to be particularly uh, rocky and dangerous to try to implement? Mm, I, I, one of the things I would actually, you know, advise against for Capcom is like not having like a, you know, where you get sick if you drink too much kind of thing. Like I would just kind of like put a cap on there where it's like you can only drink to a certain amount, you know, because like it's uh, your character falling over because they're too drunk or do something like that. It just kind of seems like probably not the best of images you would want in there. Um, and so like I, I think as you're talking about the level up system, like when you fully max it or when you get to that point, like you just can't drink anymore and you're done. And your character is like still maybe more wobbly or their animation's a little bit more wild, you know, to kind of symbolize it and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think it, I think it's going to be really important that it looks cool, but it doesn't look like you're just you know completely you know sloshed and whatnot and and your character basically can't fight like because if you're kicking someone's butt and you're just like you know half on the ground or whatever uh i don't think that's a, a good look for the game 
Yeah, and, and you'd want yes, you'd want to implement it tastefully, sure. <laughs> but uh, and and I, I don't even know that you would necessarily need a you know like alcohol present. It can just be a style that you're using where yep. you're not yeah, actually drunk. You know, where your your functions aren't actually being affected. Um, it's just the style that you're you're doing it in. I'm really uh, like the the counters thing was something that popped into my head later uh, after the first two ideas. And the counters are sort of dangerous because they become gimmicky really quickly. Uh, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because I played, you know, Goken and Street Fighter 4, and I was using counters to anti-air uh, because, it, you know, it worked pretty well. But I got yelled at a lot for doing that kind of a thing because, it, you know, if you can anti-air, you should anti-air with the surefire thing, not the counter because maybe they empty jump in, things like that. Point is, people can start, and you, man, you see this a lot in Street Fighter Five if you play it, especially against Ryu players, not as much against Akuma, uh, a decent a bit against Colleen's and a lot against Gil, where um, people will will kind of go gimmicky counter, and that can be really frustrating to play against because it's like, eh, there's a more solid way of playing. Um, so this could be detrimental to the the like the competitive spirit of the game, but I do think that they're super hype when they happen, and you could attach really cool animations similar to you know when when Colleen does her EX counter in um, in Street Fighter Five. There's like a little animation that plays out, and I would I would if you're a developer hone in on those animations on little extra you know like you know playouts of of movement where you know you really take the time to have them miss have them dance around each other have the the drunken you know character be elaborate and play out what they're going to do i think that could be really fun and really hype and and if you capture that spirit of <laughs> i i can just see the the audience popping off at the idea of the drunken character winning and and just dancing around their opponent just having their opponent's number as is like what happens in you know a lot of the the films and such where this style is is highlighted and prominent so um i do yeah, think that there's a lot of potential capcom should just take that that footage of jackie chan fighting in that drunken style and try to replicate that in game as much as possible mm -hmm. uh copyrights ignored just freaking go for it let's go um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the gist of it all, and I'd like to hear from you guys if you think that it's time for a drunken fist fighting style to be part of the uh, of the Street Fighter canon, uh, well at least the playable Street Fighter canon. You know they want to represent styles from all over the world, and they sure have been from you know Lucha Libre to that's the only one that I can think of right now. <laughs> Uh, but you know that, that that's that Street Fighter is like you know Taekwondo from Korea and and all the different kinds of uh, martial arts that come out of China and Japan and such and then the Western fighting and, and all this kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, they're the last ones to uh, to jump on the wagon of Drunken Fist, and I think it's about time to. So that's all I had to say about that. We're going to talk about curses today, and if you don't think curses are real, you have not been paying attention because all of the odd Street Fighter games, odd numbered ones, are cursed. I gotta say, uh, I can't confirm this, but I have heard that if you watch too many YouTube videos without liking, commenting, and subscribing, you can get cursed. You not my words, cursed. I'm just, I've yeah. heard, yeah. So you better punch maybe. that thumbs up button, yeah, because if you don't, the curse is on the way. And the curse might look something like this, um, because Street Fighter 1, John, it was a reasonable success, and yes, it was successful enough to spawn a sequel, but the game was still cursed because, while it's totally normal for you or your, your opponent um, to get bloody in a fighting game, in a fighting game, that happens all the time. It's not normal for you yourself as a human person playing it to get bloody playing the game. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what happened with Street Fighter 1. With the, the pressure-sensitive buttons, players were hitting them so hard, they were making their own fist bloody. 
And if I've ever heard of a cursed game, that would be it. A, a video game that makes you bloody and injures you. That was actually Street Fighter 1. And that birthed the six-button format that we know and love so much, uh, light, medium, heavy, right? Mm -hmm. Like that, that birthed it. That's what they changed it to. But initially, this game made people bloody. Mm, and, you know, was. Capcom, bless their hearts. They were trying at the time. I, I've, I don't know all the details from this, but I've certainly read about it a handful of times and heard people talk about the, uh, the days of Street Fighter 1. They were trying to do something new in the arcades, right? They wanted an arcade cabinet that would stand out from everything else. And so they had these giant ones with these pressure-sensitive buttons. They looked very different. And as from what I remember, they were much more expensive to create. And I think they only made like a thousand of them or something like that. Something but, like that, yeah. It was 1987, and man, uh, the, you know, just technology was was more in the uh, exploratory realm when it came to ergonomics and such. And yeah, hitting those hitting those buttons. Street Fighter One was is known for not having easy execution, even just on modern controllers and joysticks and whatnot. But imagine trying to get stuff done on those wonky, pressure sensitive giant buttons. I do not envy them. I'm glad I jumped in when I did, and it wasn't yes. in 1987 yeah. when I was <laughs> negative one. <laughs> so uh street fighter one well documented the cursor street fighter 3 is also cursed because when they released it it ended the franchise for almost 10 years one of the most popular franchises in all the video games and capcom did street fighter 3 and said we're good for nearly a decade the producer of street fighter 2 didn't even want to make street fighter 3 he wanted to do a whole new game and capcom just assumed he'd be all over making the third entry that was not the case. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do it. Like it was it was such a, a big act to follow coming in after two. Um then of course Street Fighter 3 is released in 1997, and the biggest fans of the franchise said it was boring and they didn't want to play it. Um, while Street Fighter 3 is beloved now by hardcore fans, this was the most unsuccessful version of a core Street Fighter game we've ever seen. That is how come this game is also cursed. It is, it is both extremes, right? Simultaneously, because in the niche, it's regarded as maybe the best fighting game of all time. And I, I don't disagree in a lot of ways. Like, I, I, I feel the fun, even if I can't necessarily articulate it right away, when I sit down to play Street Fighter Three at the level that I play it, which is by no means professional, right? But I can still feel, like, why this would be fun, and I can see why further exploring the system of parries and, you know, uh, all, the, all, all the mechanics and functions that come together to make that game would be exciting and fun and then you know the hype that comes out of some of the professional play of that it's all but guaranteed every round you know like that's a fun game to watch but you're right commercially speaking that people didn't it did not it didn't have enough clickbait it didn't smell good <laughs> enough on the outside something you know didn't get people in the door or didn't keep them around and uh you know, there's one thing that I see as a consistency between both of these cursed games so far, and it's that there's a particular character that's not uh, that not playable in either game. Can you guess who she is? Mm, not offhand. Uh, it's your favorite character. Oh, it's Rose, huh? Yeah. No. Oh. No, that's not what I was going to get at. Oh. But that's fine, you know. Cammy? <laughs> <laughs> maybe well, she's, the, uh, maybe she's maybe, the key for a successful Street key, Fighter. Huh? Well, um, speaking of Cammy, this next game actually had her as a launch character. And, but speaking of launching, it probably had the worst one ever for a Capcom fighting game, and that would be Street Fighter V. Reviews were mixed initially, but the game never rose up to the same levels as its competitors in the same space, with titles like Mortal Kombat 11 having 12 million in sales, Tekken 7 having 7 million, and Smash Ultimate with a crazy 27 million copies sold. Street Fighter V had 6 million, 
trailed all of those games and this is the granddaddy of fighting games this is a big one so we had technical issues like uh root kits input delay and as you said many times and said so very well this game had little to no charisma and man is that so so well said uh it's actually a great game in my opinion i love this game it's absolutely terrific but despite how i feel it's not how most gamers currently think about this title they're waiting for street fighter 6 which i'll note is an even numbered game that is why the curse of the odd number games is is so terrible it's it, street fighter 5 is good uh, it's a great game but no one could love it because it is actually cursed because it ends in an odd number <laughs> well <laughs> Yeah, and there's, well, every game, every entry has, like, its its problems, and you can point to, right? Like, uh, and Street Fighter V certainly started with them, and it's it's not my favorite in the franchise. I've certainly, it's grown on me since where it was has been, but I, I don't disagree with calling it cursed in some ways. I, although I do want to go back to something you said, that it, it's the worst release in Capcom fighting game history. Is that what you said? Probably uh, the worst launch in fighting game history that Capcom has ever done. Now, uh, Infinite and, and uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, you know, they might beg to differ, uh, but at least in the core series, it's definitely the worst launch we've ever seen. Uh, you, you, if you start counting the crossover games and other stuff, maybe you can find one, but... But yeah, it like fair enough. Yeah. Well, no, I would just, I, I just don't want to not bring up Marvel Infinite, uh, you know, after that statement, just to like, because I think some people are going to be, well, what about Marvel Infinite, you know, and yeah. can, can you qualify that? And uh, I mean, whatever, sure. They're, they were both really bad. And uh, one ended a franchise, at least for the time being. Um, the other one curiously did not. And, and maybe that just speaks to the staying power of Street Fighter. I don't know. That's something that we've explored to an extent, especially a couple of years ago when we were going through it. But Street Fighter survived. <laughs> we, you maybe. remember that statement, John? Yeah. We're like, this game is too big to fail. And it kind of was, even despite the curse, despite everything. We're like, this game is just going to hold on because it kind of has to. Yeah, and, but, uh, but, like, yeah. but that didn't happen in Super Smash Bros., which I would argue even in the days of brawl was a bigger was a bigger uh, i don't know if it's more prominent but like it, it's in more households you know like more people are going to buy super smash bros for more reasons which is why you've got 12 million in sales for you know ultimate but i don't know i but yes street fighter 5 as you know suffering some curse i would say though less so i think street fighter 5 is uh, the the best performing odd numbered street fighter for what that's worth and yeah. i would say yeah. that we're in a decent place of momentum here at the end of it and i well i mean i guess street fighter 1 would have had that and uh, street fighter 3 certainly did not it, it marked the beginning of a dark age for the for the franchise but um yeah i would still say 5 is cursed yeah and then we get to the alpha games, uh, and there this actually still works there. Does uh, it apply to the to the sub games? Like Alpha One is bad, Alpha Two is great, Alpha Three sucks. Well, exactly, actually. <laughs> so um, one was considered okay at the time, but it's the least played and least well thought of entry in the entire franchise currently. Uh, most people would have Alpha One as their worst Street Fighter game in the core series, um, and it's kind of not really. I mean, some people might like it, but like the game is Why? so watered down, and yeah. Yeah, okay. so maybe maybe Street Fighter One is worse. Uh, it kind of depends on what people kind of look at it like. But Alpha One is just it was not really well done. Uh, and then there's Alpha Three, uh, and that didn't even last that long as a competitive game. With, with many people actually preferring to go back and play its predecessor, Alpha Two. And and like so, even in this day and age, like when when people play you know Alpha in tournaments, they play Alpha Two. They actually go back to the original. Um, so One and Three yet again cursed. And it's just, it's a funny thing. It's like, wow, how, how does this keep happening? And actually, John, like what I'm proposing here is is that Capcom actually needs to skip Street Fighter 7 and go right to 8. 
talk to Microsoft about like <laughs> numerical naming conventions, right? And how do we skip seven and get you right to eight or just an even number? I don't care. <laughs> Street Fighter 360. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, and, and here's something interesting. It's a little off topic, but I it, but it's in my mind and in my heart, so I'm going to bring it up here. Um, so we sometimes when games are unsuccessful, people have gone back to the previous one that worked, right? And as you're saying, with Alpha 3, back to Alpha 2, and as we just kind of noted too, like when Brawl came out, people were like, oh, I'm just going to go back to Melee and make Project mm-hmm. M or whatever, right? It's interesting to me with how much momentum Street Fighter 4 had and then how crappy Street Fighter 5's launch was and how like it, it really was going with the emergency break on for the first few years. People didn't go back to 4, even though they were like still willing to play it at the time. They were like, we'll do it simultaneously. There was still a, there was still a fervor for the game. It's crazy to me, considering the other examples, that that didn't happen with, yeah. uh, with 5, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of reasons for that. The Pro Tour uh, being what it is and stuff like that. Most people wanting to, you know, go to the next thing. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's rare in Street Fighter for that to happen where the, the the next game comes out and people go back and stay with the old one. It does happen. Like, there's a small pack of people that do that. You know, it happened with Street Fighter 3 and Street Fighter 4. And, and same with 4 and 5, but not many. Uh, well, not, not on the, like the what, overall, you know, exactly. majority level. Not like it happened like with Brawl where they, they everyone was just stuck with Melee and still has. You know, kind of thing like Brawl is just so hated because of the tripping mechanic and other things. But... But yeah, um, so it, it's an interesting thing. It, it, it's uh, it's quite unique uh, for the Street Fighter franchise. I don't think other franchise deals with the the odd number curse. Uh, but uh, <laughs> going into the actual good games now that that people love, uh, Street Fighter Two was a huge phenomenon. It changed gaming as we know it. It is one of the most successful video games of all time. Mm-hmm. One of the best ever like when you're making a top 10 list or you know anything like that like not having street fighter 2 in there like most people like consider that a a, just a a faulty list at that point Mm -hmm. uh and then we get into street fighter 4 which is another gigantic success which completely revitalized fighting games and the competitive scene taking us to new heights we'd never ever seen before Uh, you need to stop right now because you are just setting us up for so much disappointment with street (laughs) fighter 6 i'm like oh my gosh are we about to enter a new golden age what's what's on the horizon for us now i'm like john it's only it's only the odd number games that are cursed the even ones yeah i know but now i'm like (laughs) oh my gosh give us let us know if you're terrified now for street fighter 6 or you think that it's going to revolutionize the series in a way similar that 2 or 4 did because you're not wrong like 2 did what it did i don't have to tell anybody that and 4 launched us into a golden age not only for the franchise itself but it like other games were able to then ride that wave it was so successful that you know tekken which never went away tekken has been consistent through the years i don't think it's had much of a dark period at all um certainly not like street fighter has and uh, and it was you know still around and such but like i think games like tekken and mortal kombat and and, and others benefited directly from street fighter 4's boom and then of course marvel versus capcom but yeah. it was so, sort of responsible for that boom as well at least in the united states yeah yeah, Tekken had a little bit of a dark period, but uh, um, but as you say, Street Fighter Four brought it all back. But um, the, the funny thing about the, this odd even thing, it actually mirrors the original Star Trek movies. This is the one with uh, you know William Shatner and all those other stuff. Um, the, the and I'm talking about the movies here. The odd number entries are considered quite a bit worse than the even numbered entries. Is and, Wrath and of Khan really, even? Wrath of Khan is even the right. Voyage Home, uh, Final Frontier, like all those ones are the even numbered ones, and then our uh, Final Frontier is number five actually. So I'm thinking of the Undiscovered Country. Sorry, uh, that one's number six. I was so going to call Frontier, you on that. You yeah, nerd. Fi- 
Final Frontier, Search for Spock, and then the original Star Trek movie, which is one of the most boring and crappy movies and features Spock crying randomly because something died in like outer space and he's like that's too much for me i've got to i've got to shed some tears now, so now, hopefully these does this include the next generation series movies or no, or no I, I i i haven't looked that far into it i'm only so much of a star trek nerd so i, I stick with the originals um but uh yeah um it's it's quite the thing so star trek and street fighter have officially been compared capcom um please make the best game ever with street fighter 6 no pressure Tune in next week to hear our, our Star Trek selection for uh, the Street Fighter Six launch roster. Worf, are you kidding? Worf, some Borg. I got to get Jordy number in there, two. Man. I, I want Jordy, Jordy was my favorite. <laughs> Jordy was my favorite character as a kid. Yep. All right, y'all. That's gonna wrap us up for this week of the Event Hubs podcast uh, and talking block too. Hey, we do both things at, at once. And once again, thank you all so much for listening and watching. And we'll be back with you soon. See you.